0: Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Vanderbury from the Collingwood Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. <laughs>
1: Well, friends, you've waited a year, but it is back. Hello, MJ here from the Coaches Panel. Welcome back to another 50 Most Relevant Countdown for the season of 2023. You are going to get 50 consecutive days of podcasts and articles landing at coachespanel.tv talking about who I think are the most relevant players across Supercoach, Dream Team, and AFL Fantasy. Don't worry, draft coaches, we got you covered. We'll tell you where we think these guys should be getting picked up on your team's draft day throughout this whole series you're going to get to spend a lot of time with different members of the coaches panel and some of our great mates from across the fantasy footy content creator community joining me on this episode you get to hear him a lot throughout the preseason. i got kane hello mate happy new year and the 50 most relevant back for another year
0: happy new year mj yeah it is it's always so exciting i feel like this is when you're really starting the juices flowing for another season You always throw up things that get people thinking. It's not always the conventional, this is the top 50, what we think average wise. I think people at first often think, oh, this is MJ's rankings of one to 50. Who's going to average the most relevance, an important word. It is. And I know as we go throughout the 50, we go throughout January and Feb, people are in the 50 for different reasons. Sometimes they affect other people. Sometimes it's for a long time. Sometimes it's, for the whole season. And I think this guy today is one that is definitely, when you said we're chatting about Aaron Hall, (laughs) I was a little bit surprised, but then I had to think about it. And I think he does have a lot of relevance as we kick off through the preseason.
1: And that's the key. You're right. Relevance is not about averaging, although it can be a factor. It's not about scoring ceiling, although it can be a factor. It's not about injury history, although it can be a factor. All of the different things that come together to make a player worth considering in the preseason. At coachespanel.tv, there is an article for you there that kind of explains what are some of the core ingredients that I believe make a player relevant. And again, at the end of the day, it's a subjective list it's not about me saying i'm right you're wrong it's my personal opinion different friends of the community and from the coaches panel contributing to this conversation and that's what these podcasts and the articles do it's about having a conversation and that's what your pre-season should be about it shouldn't be blacklisting guys it shouldn't be never again listing guys it shouldn't be even to some extent locking guys away so much can change over the preseason, and today We're talking about Aaron Hall. I know what a crazy thought, but I I feel like we have to talk about him. 32 years of age, he's a defensive eligible option. And despite missing a big chunk of games last year, we still did see some of that Aaron Hall scoring ceiling. A 125 versus the Hawks was his top AFL fantasy and dream team score of the year, while it was 153 against the Crows in Supercoach. By the way, that's also his career high score in that format while it's a 156 against the Cats back in 2017. He's going to sit you back at a price of an average around 90 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team and just shy of the 98 market in Supercoach. And Kane, when we start to consider these guys in our sides, when we start paying top dollar, while injuries are a factor, and we'll talk about that in a minute. When we're paying for a guy as a 90 defender that's got history of being a 105-110 defender, it doesn't feel like the name everyone's talking about, but Aaron Hall has to be considered given just his pure scoring pedigree over the past 18 months.
0: Oh, that's 100%, MJ. When he's got that role, that halfback role, that kick-in role, that give-me-the-ball role that he's had you know, in the past two seasons he has had, Mm. he's been a scorer and he's been – one of the best scorers in the competition, not just as a defender, but That's true. period. And you and you don't have to. You only have to look back at. Twenty twenty two was you know, those heights were still reached. Now it wasn't quite the length that we saw in twenty twenty one when sure. you know, from round seven onwards, he went at one nineteen <laughs> in DT. Played every game one nineteen. Super coach a little bit less one sixteen. Now we saw last year that was. Pretty similar, really, when he was on the park. Once he was fit, yeah. A lot of those big scores were there. So we know, especially in AFL Fantasy, people talk about value. We Mm. want to get value guys. We want to get guys that can improve their average. Well, there's no doubt that he can improve upon 90. No doubt. Clearly, the the doubt's the body. Clearly, the doubt's the role. Sure. We can't can't really guess on the role as we talk on Jan 1. Now, obviously, as we get closer to the start of the season, that will come to light and clearly you're picking him with that knowledge that he has that kick-in role but MJ especially in an AFL fantasy My talking about a guy that if you can run him for six or seven weeks and he can go 110 plus Huge. values coming up some of those defenders that you might think are a bit overpriced but you still maybe like long term maybe you just want to see how they play with a new coach maybe you yep. want to Maybe you think they're just a little bit too expensive. You want them just to come down a little bit. Aaron Hall's a guy that can really be that that broadbent strategy of just a guy gets off to a hot start. He's got big ceiling, and you're hoping for maybe him to make sixty to eighty k. Sure. The other person you want, let's just say a Sam Doherty to drop sixty to eighty k, and then obviously at the same time as that to happen, you're thinking that Aaron Hall's probably outscoring that guy like Sam Doherty by you know, 10 points a week, yep. 150K, 60 points up your sleeve after six weeks. There's a lot of merit in that. Now, clearly it's the risk hate. is, does it play out that way for six weeks? But when you look at the numbers, 110 could be too low for him because in a five to six week, maybe seven week sample size, if he pops off one of those 130, 140s, in that stretch, it could be closer to 120, 125, which is, which is quite funny. That's sort of what we saw, wasn't it? with Jack Zeeble when Aaron Hall was out of the team at the start yeah. of that 2021 season. And they can just explode, give you points on field, give you quick cash generation.
1: Absolutely. And then
0: you and then you flip it and get someone that you feel a bit safer with that might have had a sluggish start to the season. So in AFL fantasy, only one person can win. That's true. And this is a guy that has the upside to give you a huge leg up if it pays off.
1: Well, you look at just this injury crippled year last year that people talk about 125 in afl fantasy and dream team 124 122 and 113 were his four tons for the year there were three additional scores between 90 and 99 and he averaged a 90 but two of those games were heavily injury interrupted one was a first quarter uh, where he got a 12 against the cats the other was a late second quarter 50 against the bulldogs you look at just the games he plays in full We're talking about a 103 average in Supercoach. Really, really similar. Five tons, 153, 129, 123, 119, and a 105, as well as three additional scores, 94 to 97. So that's that average of 98.8. But just like in AFL Fantasy, if we look for these games where he does play out the game, we'll talk about injury avoidance and tendencies in a moment. We're talking about a guy who's got an average up at 110. And and so now in Supercoach, it's Sinclair, Dawson and Sicily that are the only guys that are better than him going on through that. So it's fascinating to me when we look at this defensive line, Um, a lot of people have made a big deal about the loss of Crisp, Short and Whitfield, and, and understandably so because we haven't really replenished the premium stocks that much. We could probably say... Duncan's the only new player in there. We did pick up guys like Dakos, Angus Brayshaw, uh, and a, a number of others during the 2022 in-season DPP allocations. But, but what's fascinating to me is to watch that the only real two reasons I can see someone not considering Aaron Hall are Role. And then the second you alluded to, was the injury concern that really last year three times it went pear shaped for him? That that's probably I, I suppose Kane where the confirmation bias is kicking in for people as they see Aaron Hall on the podcast tile here and they're like, "MJ, why have you started with a guy I'm not considering?" Because February he goes down with that preseason game injury in the Inter Club April another string, then he does his quad in late July. But as you said, with these guys that have got an injury history, you either start them or you just fade on them for the year.
0: And that's a funny thing, MJ, I find with these type of guys. And you've seen this over the years too. Fast forward to week five, Mm. Aaron Hall is going at 115 in in DT, 115 in Supercoach. All of a sudden, people don't start caring about the injury history anymore. Mm -mm. Oh, he's healthy. Because he's scoring. Like, he was always going to score if he's healthy. That's They're in the same <laughs> That's boat. That's the point, yeah. That's the point. So I love that there are people who are steadfast and say, no, nah, durability is huge for me. We know that people that get injured in the past, you know, numbers would say they have more of a chance of getting injured again. That's obviously sure. not to say that, you know, a guy like Sam Walsh hadn't missed a game. And then we go to last season and he's missing multiple. And now he's going to have a delayed start to this, year. For this so, season. Yeah. Injuries are a part of the game. This is a guy that's ceiling is top, top, top. It's
1: as good as anyone Absolutely in the through, back Absolutely,
0: through, through, through this world. And even people might say, okay, oh, if they make 70K, if he makes 70K, is that really enough for the trade? Well, if you've identified another premium that you think might start slow due to, you know, just the way the game style might be, the matchups, 150K with what people do with rookies, when people yep. are moving rookies just to keep the rookie wheel turning, for 30 to 40 K. Yep. I would argue that a guy that could get you off to the races. Again, we're talking about a guy that at 90 could easily outperform that by 25 points a week.
1: You know, so I even if we, just, dream if, time, even yeah. if we
0: just take the low sample size of a six week gauntlet, mm. that could be 150 more points say than a Hayden young. Yeah. At, the, at, a, at a comparable,
1: comparable price point. Yeah.
0: Comparable price. And that's not to say that Aaron Hall, because MJ, we've we've seen there's stretches where he can go well over 115 in a stretch. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's just the reality. It's not out of his world to say that after six weeks, he's not averaging 120, 125. But that, <laughs> if he's got that role, he's yep. proven that that is possible. That is very possible. You look at the last five games, just to grab a, a sample size, the last five of 2021 was 121. Yeah. You know? The last six was one hundred and twenty-four, so so that is a possibility, and that is just huge upside to grab one hundred and fifty points over a over your price at that level. That's going to ask a lot of questions of people Absolutely. in round six if that if that happens. Oh, I tend to be of the belief that if you're worried about his injury history, you can't touch him in the year. You start with him,
1: or you just miss.
0: Yep, you start with him, and you hope that if there is going to be an injury. It's on a Wednesday afternoon. (laughs) You know about it, and you make your trade. And hopefully by then, he's given you 100-plus points. You bank some points. You bank a little bit of cash, and you move on with the rest of your season. Yeah.
1: I think it's really simple. The the upside for Hall we've discussed about already at length through this. He he could be the top-scoring defender over the first six weeks of the year. Now, it could be longer than that, but, but we're just talking about his potential early on. With injury-prone players, you start or you fade them. And the reason you do that is because if injury is the reason you didn't pick them in the starting squad, then I find it really hard to justify trading into that because with every game that goes with an injury-prone player, the injury variance only increases. And so are you, you're now using a trade to get him and now risking an additional trade to get him out as opposed to just the one trade to trade him out if you've started him through the year and banked those points on the field. So for me, I'm big on, man, if you're looking for some value in your back line, you want someone that could get you to a dockety, whether it be a six-week run for an example, or you're just happy to run the gauntlet week in, week out in like 2021, man, it doesn't really feel like it hits. Fantastic go for that. But if injury is the reason you're saying no now, I find it really hard to advocate when you're trading into them during the year because of the risk of multiple trades out. So th- so that's the injury front. Let's talk about the role. Really, really simple. Are North Melbourne going to play him in this preferred role? Is a goater going to get this opportunity? Possibly. But the good news for us is you'll know in the preseason. You'll see it through any intra club and to a greater extent, preseason matches against other sides. And so, if he's not in that role, if he's not in best 22, you fade on picking him because you, you do not want to invest this amount of salary cap into a guy that you're starting with. So, if you're like, oh, I'm not worried about, I don't know about the role, the injury is I'm fine with, but it's wrong. You'll know as the season goes on um so for me the first few trades that you use every single season are correctional trades anywhere from two to five are correctional trades and so often we get so panicked about trading out a premium when they get injured don't worry about it you don't have that problem if you mix the wrong cow a trade is still equally as valuable as the other trade so for me kane we'll talk about drafts in a second but now if you're looking for an upside defender Hall's got to be on your list. If you're looking for someone that can get you to the top-end premium defenders, Hall's on your list. If you like to take the game on a little bit and don't mind a little bit of a risk, Hall's got to be on your list. Because if the really one if for me is there, we know the injury risk, we know the scoring potential. If he gets the role, ooh, oh boy, you got to consider.
0: Oh, 100%, MJ. And we've never had more trades in these... Yes. It's true. Limited trade formats. So, you know, the eject button's there whenever you want to push it. Again, some people just won't look at him. Sure. That's totally fine. But again, do you want to make potentially, you know, a competition winning move? Yeah. Take this guy. Again, we've we've waxed lyrically about his upside that he's proven at AFL level for considerable stretches. That's true. That's a fact. Those are just hard numbers. Jan one. We don't know the role. No idea. But by the time round one lockout is, or by the you'll time know. probably even you're drafting, a week or so before that, you'll know. You'll have a good idea.
1: Yeah, no, it's fair enough too. So then drafting, where he goes on draft day is interesting because of that point. If he's in the role, whoo, and he's had a good pre-season, okay. Some people might really start warming up, especially the more you start tinkering through January and you're like changing variables, an injury to a guy like Maybe you had Sam Walsh in your team picker and you're like, okay, he's missing. That changes who I want in that range. We start to need to make adjustments upon adjustments when we start making changes. So if he's got the role, where he goes is fascinating. If he doesn't have the role, man, he'll go super late um, for that reason. But where do you have Hall going on draft day? He's got the potential to be a D1, but I don't see anybody needing necessarily to invest that level of pick space on him.
0: No, and it is obviously tough at this point of the preseason MJ to make that call. If let's make the assumption that he has the role, we've gathered enough sure. information. We've seen it in a preseason game or an intra-club game. I think with that upside, he's probably got to go in that late D1 range. And the sure. reason I say this is there is a, a big injury risk. Now, draft makes it a little bit easier. You've usually got, you know, injury thresholds that if it's under 25 or 30 percent. You get your emergency. So that's always great for a guy. That, helps. that might save you, you know, 30 to 40 points if he does go down early <laughs> of your emergency. Um, but I, I always think with these guys, they are league winning picks Yeah. They if are. it comes off. So you've always got to just give them that, that little bump. When, when I think about the top liners, though, he's not ahead of Doherty, not ahead of Sinclair, Dawson, Dawson nah. Stewart. Nah. There's some guys that, yeah, you know, in a ten-team league, he's he's very late D one because the upside's probably just not quite worth the risk, and there yep. is a risk at his age with his body and with where North at. A rebuild. So there could be too, a role, yeah. there could be a role change throughout the season. There's no sure. guarantee that roles constant throughout. No. So for me, he's probably um, a late D one. Now, typically, that means you're probably looking in, you know, sixties, fifties, and sixties. Pick overall, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Because you again, you're probably going to have your 25 30 mids that you just feel like they're rocks, yeah. Then you've got your four, there's some really good forwards this year, yeah. There's go, some really nice top six to ten line. forwards, yeah. So I think he's probably in the 50s and 60s, MJ, which you know is a sixth or seventh rounder. I just yeah. think much before that, um, you're really banking on some upside and you're probably passing on some, some real key tenants in your team, yeah. Um, but again, I, I wouldn't be wanting to let him get past the 10th round because purely the upside by that point is so much higher than anyone else that's around in the 10th round.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And again, it's easy to replace injured guys in salary cap formats because it's a trade and you can almost get a comparable selection in drafts you get a guy expecting a 90 in AFL fantasy dream team formats or high 90s in super coach, man, you're replacing it off the waiver wire in the player pool, which is, yep, you could probably grab an 80 most weeks, but that's where it does start to hurt when you invest early capital picks on a guy and not be able to recoup it. The best way to counterbalance an injury-risked player is you protect that by drafting an extra deeper defender than you might normally like to. So you might be drafting a defender... Again, say you've got five defenders on the field, you might draft a sixth defender that's probably still quite not just rosterable, but placeable on the field, if for no other reason than just a protection and insurance. Um, That could be the way you could mitigate that. Aaron Hall's a fascinating player to consider. Maybe before this podcast or before the article, you hadn't even considered him, but the love was there 12 months ago. The only thing that has changed is that the injury history was proven true. However, you're only injury prone until all of a sudden you just figure your body out and it stops. What Aaron Hall does in 2023, whew, man, it could be an absolute roller coaster ride, but it could be, as Kane said a few times, a competition-winning move. Hey, Kane, appreciate your work on this podcast today. Love hanging out with you and having you on these 50 Most Relevant episodes.
0: Always a pleasure, MJ. Thank you.
1: If you want to go and read the article, it is online for you now at coachespanel.tv. An article will accompany one of these podcasts every single day. 49 players left to reveal. If you haven't subscribed to this, uh, wherever you're getting this podcast from right now, you can just subscribe and follow and you can keep up to date with it all. And the good news is this. Our Patreon supporters, who not only help us do what we do, They get some extra exclusive content pieces nuggeted throughout the year. Kane and I have been dropping Keeper League content for coaches that love that and a bunch of other things have dropped. But here's what we give for our breakout and premium tier Patreons. We give you these podcasts 24 hours early. So they already know who's at number 49. They already know which defender, yep, that's a clue, is coming up tomorrow. So if you'd like to know who they are, coachespanel.tv has all the links to join our patreon supporter group and you'll be ahead of the pack of everybody else we look forward to chatting to you tomorrow friends from me mj kane and the rest of the coaches panel i hope you've had a fantastic start to your 2023 and more daily content coming from you from us here this preseason. <laughs>